multiple times over the last week. I've been speaking to people involved in the government here and they've turned to me and said, what the hell is going on with the British government? What is going on with the pound? Well, the Brits are very firmly at it again. So let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Welcome to this week's podcast. We've done quite a few financial episodes recently, as it happens. One on how a windfall tax might work, the Pascal Donoghue Eurogroup row, and cryptocurrency, all available if you scroll back up in your feed. You can also check out last week's bonus episode, which was live from the UN. And while I was in New York, the British government announced a mini-budget that briefly collapsed the pound and has markets all across the world screaming, No! Don't do it! So this week, we're going to try and explain all this rather complicated stuff in as simple a way as possible. And who better to turn to first than News Talk's own business editor, Joe Lynham, who before joining us was a senior business correspondent for the BBC and lived in the UK for 21 years. So, Joe, what did the UK government announce that has proved so controversial? Well, there was something called a mini budget, except it's turned out to be a maxi budget. It's turned out to be an absolutely catastrophic budget by any independent assessment. Our plan, Mr. Speaker, is to expand the supply side of the economy through tax incentives and reform. That is how we will deliver higher wages, greater opportunities, and crucially, Mr. Speaker, fund public services now and into the future. UK economy was underperforming anyway, uh, soaring inflation, soaring energy costs. But the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, and her new Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, who are passionate free market Brexiteers, well, they are now, um, and believe in trickle-down economics, they announced massive tax cuts uh, at a time when the Treasury uh, was not in a position to afford those tax cuts. Corporation tax rate rise to 25%, it will remain at 19% and we will have the lowest rate of corporation tax in the G20. The increase in employer national insurance contributions and dividends tax will be cancelled. I could announce that we are cutting stamp duty. High tax rates damage Britain's competitiveness. And it didn't seem to have balanced the books. It also didn't engage the services of the independent office of budget responsibility. Now that was established uh, in the early 2010s after the last crisis, the financial crisis, uh, to provide as a, a role of a watchdog. So the OBR's role is to give an independent assessment of uh, government spending. So the OBR are obliged to help out when it's a formal fiscal statement, which is a fancy word for a budget. But this was described as only a mini fiscal statement, so it didn't need the uh, independent oversight, supposedly, of the OBR, because the OBR would have been jumping up and down and screaming at the impact of providing quite dramatic tax cuts. And it was wiping out the top rate of tax, the 45p rate of tax, wiping out entirely. At 45%, it is currently higher than the headline top rate in G7 countries like the US and Italy. And it is even higher than social democracies like Norway. But I'm not going to cut the additional rate of tax today, Mr. Speaker. I'm going to abolish it altogether. And uh, reducing the lower rate of income tax from 20% to 19%. 
that in itself could be regarded as inflationary, uh, as well as giving a huge tax break to the super wealthy because you need to earn 150,000 pounds or whatever, 170,000 euros before you start paying that 45% tax rate. There were other policies in there too, a cap on energy prices per unit, which is something that quite a lot of people have been looking for here, but is seen by many governments as a blank check to energy companies, as Dr. Nora Strecker from the School of Economics in UCD explains. You know, they've put a cap on it, which is great for people that you know, have to pay for it, but the actual cost of energy can go through the roof. And so the government has to make up that difference. And so we're potentially looking at, you know, an infinite amount of money that has to be spent on this cap with now a more restricted tax base, right? Other measures in the mini-budget include a £20 a week cut to a social welfare payment called the Universal Credit, which is paid to people who either aren't working or are working part-time on quite low incomes, something the former Prime Minister Gordon Brown has called the most morally indefensible thing he's ever seen in politics. And if we think about what happened during COVID, a lot of people have been pushed into unemployment or part-time employment. And so taking their benefits away hoping that this will incentivize them to go into the labor market and find a job is, you know, it's a high-risk strategy. It's not necessarily going to work. A lot of them, you know, have caring responsibilities that mean that they have to stay in part-time employment. A lot of them may have seen all of their job opportunities disappear because of COVID and all of the lockdowns. The companies may simply not be there anymore. And so taking away the benefits is going to mean that they might slide into, you know, really precarious living standards. As the UK announced this so-called mini-budget, the world reacted, and reacted badly. The response uh, was pretty instantaneous. Now the British pound has fallen to its lowest level ever against the US dollar. In early Asia trade, sterling fell to $1.03 before regaining some ground. The pound, you can see it in real time, the pound plummeted from around $1.15 to as low as $1.06 in the space of an hour and a half. Bear in mind the dollar is strong at the moment, so there is a bit of a dollar strength story here, but really from this budget speech onwards, it's primarily all about the pound. And what is that story? We'll have a look at this. There it went down after the speech. It went up, up for a teeny tiny bit, you can barely see it though. It did go up a little bit and the government was saying, oh, this is great news, a vote of confidence from markets. And then down, 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 down. I must admit I've never known a budget uh, cause a financial crisis immediately like this. I, when I listened to the budget, I was rather astounded by its contents. What we've seen in the past few days has no precedent. The government has lost control of the British economy. They've crashed the pound. Before we let you go, I just have really a simple question for you. Would you buy the pound today? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's how dramatic it was. Suddenly, the cost of borrowing for the British government, they're called gilts or government bonds. And that is how most governments fund themselves. That soared. And since then, we've had major commentators, including the IMF of all people saying that we don't think this is a good idea and it's going to stoke up inflation. The world's lender of last resort, the International Monetary Fund, whose role is to help countries out in financial emergencies, fears the government's plans will backfire. In a statement, it said developments in the UK would be closely monitored 
and untargeted fiscal packages were not recommended at a time of high inflation. It warned the government that its mini-budget risks increasing inequality. I need to stress, Sean, for the IMF to chastise a G7 wealthy country in public is (laughs) like hen's teeth. It is very rare. They have been critical of Italy in the past, which is a G7 member, but never for the US or the UK or France or Germany. Not only did the IMF react badly to the UK government's announcement, though, but the Bank of England stepped in with statements and warnings, and then before the end of the week, had to make its own cash intervention. Good evening to you. What this is about is about making sure that the United Kingdom is a successful economy where we're getting more jobs, more investment and more opportunities for people across the country. That was Liz Truss just five days ago. Today, the Bank of England began to buy bonds to prop up the British government, warning that if the markets went on like this, there would be, and I quote, a material risk to Britain's financial stability. Significant because the Bank of England only get involved when there is a serious problem. They last got involved in in an emergency fashion like this when Northern Rock, which was a giant mortgage provider, was collapsing in 2006 and 2007. What they did this week uh, was pump £65 billion, which is about €72 euro, into a very specific market. And that was the market for pensions. So pension funds, basically, they invent, invest in what are called safe assets. And government bonds, usually UK government bonds, are regarded as safe assets. They also invest in the dollar, perhaps, and, and Swiss francs and other stuff like that, as well as cash. They withdrew in huge numbers, as in a mass withdrawal of, of funds in from government bonds. And so that market was evaporating. It literally was evaporating. And that was going to have a massive ramification on other bits of the UK economy. The Bank of England has its finger on the pulse and rapidly intervened to the tune of 72 billion euro to prop up that particular sector. But that basically says that this is a domino effect. So what started off as inflation led to a budget and that led to a collapse in sterling. That led to a huge spike in the cost of borrowing for the UK government. It leads to a huge spike in inflation. And it could have very real-world impacts if pension funds collapse. They're supposedly the safest bits of money out there. If they don't have faith in the UK government, who will? Part of the problem for the British government is they announced swinging tax cuts for the wealthy to be funded by borrowing money. And since then, the cost of borrowing money has soared. It's part of a theory Joe mentioned earlier, trickle-down economics. Largely championed by Republicans during Ronald Reagan's government in the US, it basically says that by giving tax cuts to the wealthy and big corporations, they generate wealth, which in turn trickles down to everybody else. And many people think it's a theory that's been largely debunked. Is that right, Nora Strecker? It is absolutely trickle-down budget. That's what it's trying to do. The evidence is mixed at best, and mainly that it doesn't work. So that's what it's trying to do, and we're not sure that it's really going to happen. There is some evidence that sort of say the the cut in the stamp duty that this might mean that people are more willing to buy houses. But looking at the housing market in the UK already, that's already heated up quite a bit. Now cutting that stamp duty is going to mean an already you know slightly overheated market is going to heat up even further. Which is also then not a leap to higher, you know, higher inflation and, you know, even further sort of problems, especially for those that were already struggling 
trying to buy housing. And this is where the big, grand, overarching theories of economics that we don't think actually really affect our lives have already started impacting people in the UK, particularly in the mortgage market, where interest rates have increased from the Bank of England. The Bank of England has just increased the interest rate, so they're going to struggle even further to try to afford even some relatively, you know, cheap housing. They're talking about hiking up rates. There's even talk about hiking them up from the current rate, which is around 2%, to 6%. Now, that's a trebling in absolute terms of the cost of borrowing. And as a result, quite a few mortgage providers have withdrawn their mortgage offers. And basically, once a month or once a quarter, they publish the rates at which they will offer for mortgages. And they've withdrawn those from the market. In fact, nearly a 1,000 mortgage offers have been withdrawn in the space of two days. That is a shocking indictment for what the market thinks is happening. It also is going to have very real world impact on the housing market. So very seasoned and experienced mortgage watchers are talking about house prices falling at least 10% uh, in the course of the next 12 months in the UK. One commentator said even, even fall by 30%, which is something we in Ireland can relate to uh, a decade ago. If you want to understand that in a little more detail, we did an episode a few weeks ago on the ECB hiking its mortgage rates and what that might mean for mortgage holders in Ireland. But this is obviously much more of a quick shock. Now, after Trustconomics crashed the pound, Liz Truss went to ground, but has now popped up doing a round of local radio interviews, which is being perceived as hiding from a grilling in the national media. Here she is talking to BBC Radio Leeds. We had to take decisive action to help people through this winter and next winter. I understand that families are struggling with their fuel bills. And we had to take urgent action to get our economy growing, Mm. uh, get Britain moving and also deal with inflation. And of course, that means taking controversial and difficult decisions. Mm. But I'm prepared to do that as Prime Minister. And if you listen to our episodes on the Tory leadership contest, you'll remember this is exactly what Rishi Sunak warned would happen if Liz Truss won. He's going to be among a number of Tory MPs not attending their party conference this coming week in sort of a pseudo-protest. But what could all this mean for the rest of the world? Well, our biggest trading partner obviously is the UK, so them being in a hole doesn't exactly help us. And the Fed in the US has concerns about Britain dragging everyone into a recession. Here's Dr. Nora Strecker from UCD again. Because they are its trading partners, because we're so tied together, right? I mean, if you, if you think about who are the big trading partners for Ireland, the UK comes first, then the US, then everybody else. And it's sort of, you know, if one of those traded, you know, sort of, if one of those dominoes falls, it's going to sweep across anybody. And, you know, it's not just trade. We're not just exchanging goods, but we're exchanging services. We're exchanging, you know, investments. Everybody has sort of, you know, invested in each other's, you know, stocks and bonds. And if one of those dominoes chips over, then that can really trickle across everybody. Think Just think back to the last financial crisis where it started in the US and then it swept across Europe. And the UK might actually already be in recession. Have a listen to this exchange between Chris Mason of the BBC and Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng. Do you think the economy is in recession? Well, technically, uh, the, the Bank of England said that there was a recession. I think it'll be shallow and I hope we can rebound and grow. So you're acknowledging there is going to be a recession? No, I'm not acknowledging that. You said I'm, shallow. No, no, I said, I said that there, there is a technically a recession. We've had two quarters of very 
uh, uh, very little uh, negative growth. And I think these measures are going to help us drive growth. When is a recession not a recession? But I mean, is there any chance at all that this works for Liz Truss? Well, let's ask our experts. Joe Lynham, what do you think? There's always a chance. Personally, I think there will have to be some semblance of U-turn. I don't know how that will look. Um, um, I suspect to cool the markets, they will have to announce swinging spending cuts, just like they did in 2010. So you're going to have to do these tax breaks and slash spending, which itself will be you know, very, very damaging on the UK economy. And Nora Strecker from the UCD School of Economics. Can this work? You never say never. <laughs> you know, the parameters have to be just right. And she has to sort of manage to to hit the brakes on all of these tax cuts, um, you know, as soon as she notices, oh, it doesn't work. Personally, I don't think it's going to work. But, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, a large part of the European continent is not going to sweep into a recession, taking all of us with it. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Well, that's a nice depressing note to end on. Thanks for listening to Let Me Explain. Hopefully that's made the mess in the UK a little bit clearer. John Kyo was this week's editor with Lachlan Hart on sound. I'm Sean Defoe and we'll chat to you next week.